drink it in now. Touchdown, Detroit Lions! Cornbread! 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 Drink it in now. Touchdown, Detroit Lions! Detroit Kool-Aid drinkers, what's going on everybody? It's your host Derek Oakry right here on the Detroit Kool-Aid cast. Drink it in now. Side of cornbread. Cornbread. Make it a double. Cornbread. Uh, I'm coming to you today and we've been talking draft. We've had Logan Lamoran Deer on the show. We did the way too early schedule reviews with Joey Christopoulos, which was fun. Chalking up lots of W's from my Lions. And he, for some reason, (laughs) gave his Chicago Bears a lot of W's as well. He had the Lions and the Bears at the top of the division, which we know one of those is going to come true. It isn't going to be the Bears. Let me tell you that right now. Um, But we had fun going back and forth, talking some smack there. And I want to come to you today going to have chops at chops in the d on next week i believe if all goes well but today i want to go solo because i got a lot to talk about but i want to talk roster evaluations i want to see where this team is at kind of take a big picture view but we'll also walk through um kind of the way i have it laid out right now like i have we have the spreadsheets we have all the different things um Go on the Google sheet, as you guys saw during the draft. But I do still have the DTO scouting office. And for some reason, when it comes down to some of my fantasy drafts or the Lions or the NFL draft, there's nothing better than a a little magnet board where I can get people on magnets in front of me, move them around, and get a real feel for who's up, who's down, what's going on. So I'm going to take you guys through... A board I did recently, it may not be perfect. I might not have the very bottom barrel of the roster, the guys that'll be working at the bowling alley perfectly figured out, but I have them in sections. I have starters, the main guys that you're going to have to deal with on Sundays that are going to win us or lose us ball games. Then I have the depth players, those guys behind them that are going to be counted on for injuries and whatnot. And then I have the practice squad section, and I have the cut section, guys, that should not make this team. Obviously, we are here. You guys are hearing this. It is June 1st, which uh, it is awesome that we're in the month of June, heading towards July, and then August and September when we have college and NFL football. I can't wait. A lot of you guys, um, I hope you're fired up because... The Detroit Kool-Aid Cast Fantasy League starts here on June 1. It's a slow snake draft where we are going to do 20 teams, 
20 rounds, 20 players per team, and uh, that's always fun to get a very early fantasy draft rolling where we can pick some players and uh, and bide time here while football is uh, still a month or two away. So we're going to have fun with that, but I definitely want to talk the rosters today. So before I jump into it, like the Lions, right before kind of I got recording, they made a roster move. They dropped one of their kickers. And they picked up Frank. Uh, who who they drop here? Hold on, hold on. Let me pull this up right now. So they they went ahead and they got rid of Aldrick Rosas, which there's no reason for the Lions to have three kickers on their roster. I am a little intrigued if it's going to be Cybert, if it's going to be Patterson. Um, you know who they're going to end up uh, getting getting done at the kicker position, but got rid of a kicker, which is totally fine. And they picked up John Kaminsky, defensive end, was with Atlanta, fourth round pick. Um, this guy has some sneaky athletic scores. I know a lot of you guys out there see those Raz scores, you know, when score one to ten. Um, good old John Kaminsky's up in like the 9.3s or higher. I mean, really good athleticism. Obviously, defensive end is a premier position. That's somewhere you want to always uh, take a swing and see if you can find another body. This is a guy, he's only started a game or so in his career. He's a special teams type player. But there may be some, some, some rush ability there based on his athleticism and the fact that the Lions are going to be rotating those type of rushers in. So that, that was the, the recent roster move. The Lions have not done a ton, you know, since they brought in DJ Chark and since they had their draft class and since they resigned a lot of their own players. So let's go ahead. Let's 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 go ahead and let me say this before I go to the go to the board and we start working the names. I feel like the Lions, their wide receivers are better. Much better, and we'll get into that and why and how. The defensive line is deeper and better. They have to get after the quarterback to be able to win games. The linebackers are better, or are they? We'll see. We'll talk about that. The corners are better, or are they? We, we A lot of question marks, um, but also some depth and some youth that we haven't had in a while. The safeties have got to be better, right? They can't be any worse. I mean, Tracy's back. We got Deshaun, Elliott. Uh, we brought in Kirby. I mean, there, there's some things to be excited about, but they haven't played together, and we need them to make plays on the football and do some things. The, the quarterbacks aren't better. <laughs> you didn't get better by bringing back Tim Boyle, David Blau, and at Chops in the D's favorite NFL quarterback, Jared Goff, who can't throw. But but I hope he plays really, really well, and I'm supporting him as the Lions quarterback. I really, truly am. I would just like to see more than 4.7 spirals per game from number 16. The tight ends aren't better. <laughs> There's all this talk about paying T.J. Hacks, big money. You're talking about 14, 15, 16 plus million dollars a year for Mr. Hawkinson. I like the player. I'm going to be rocking an 88 jersey to the game this year. But he needs to ball out. And will he get the football big time with all these other new receivers? Or will he be pushed down the line? We will see. 
They brought in a rookie. They've still got Brock Wright hanging around. They did not value that position very much. So those those are real broad strokes, you know, of, of kind of, yeah, the, there's some spots I think they definitely got better. There's some question marks. And then there's some, you know, man, you did not get better just by sitting around with the same old people that you already had before you made your draft picks. Speaking of those draft picks, let's go Let's go ahead and start on the offensive side of the ball. I'm heading over here to the old uh, magnet board that I got going. And let's start with the starters, the main names you got to know, the guys that are going to put up W's or L's for this football team. And you start the quarterback position with Mr. Goff up there making $33.5 million, um, this year. You've got DeAndre Swift. You've got Swag Williams behind him. You know, you're going to talk about those top two backs that's seeing most of the carries. There's no question. Then you move to this revamped receiver position. I mean, I know everyone loves St. Brown. I, I meant to do this off the top. Let me, let me do this. Take a quick pause, a little tangent. So, so I got my guy, Steve from Cali, that hit me up on the Detroit Kool-Aid cast line. That's 989 272 Three four eight four. That's the number you can you can call up, you can text up, you can leave a voicemail and try to make me laugh and get on the show. But Steve, he he sent in a text, and he kept going back and forth with me about the Saint Brown nickname. He he says he loves the show, he listens. I appreciate all that. He's all about you know Jameson Williams. He said he likes. 18, but will he be number 11 if Raymond got cut? I'm like, I kind of like 18. It's swaggy. But then we got into this thing about the St. Brown um, nickname. I I know he calls himself the sun god. And, you know, I know there's all these other things out there. You could call him Saint. You know, Amon Ra is such a great name. There's got to be something there um, that you can do. But I just, I just shortened it up into four letters. A-R-S-B, because it sounds cool. Most people are three. Sometimes, you you know, everybody's either D-O or, or D-J or D-P or, you know, all, all these little where they just, uh, you know, A-P, you know, all those guys that we have on our staff. Oh, A-G, you know, like it, it, you always hear the two letters. But when can you get four letters in for a guy? A-R-S-B. Amon Ra, St. Brown, right? Like, it's just, I just think it's cool. I think it sounds cool. I think you can yell it cool. I think it's awesome to have four that you can go to. Obviously, he's a ball player. But Steve from Cali told me that it's got to be AR-14. He was insistent. He said, if I say it on the show, I've got to give Steve from Cali, and his number is, no, I'm just kidding. I won't do that to him. Um. He, he texted it. He was like, give me credit if you say it. So there you go, Steve. I did. But I did tell him that I might beat him up because I don't love AR-14. I mean, <laughs> AR is like the Amon Ra is, is very questionable. It's not a first and last name. It's not initials. It's kind of like his first section of his name put together. Um, and 14 is like it's growing on me as a number. I thought it was a horrible choice when he first took it as a wide receiver. Like, no good wide receivers have 14. 14 doesn't look very swaggy. It doesn't look that nice. I don't know if AR-14 has some other, you know, innuendo that I'm unaware of. But, I mean, when you can put, like, a name and his number together and it sounds cool and it means something, like... 
you know, that's something. But so me and Steve got into it. I still think ARSB is the way to go. Steve was very adamant that it's AR-14 for Amon Ross St. Brown. You you guys be the judge. All right, but, but back to my thing. Let, let's uh, Where I was saying is that everybody thinks ARSB is the number one wide receiver on this team. They they love what he did last year. They love he's young. They they love his mentality. I love all that stuff too, but he doesn't jump out to me as that number one WR1 AR14, you know, on this football team. And I know I'm probably giving DJ Shark too much love. But DJ Shark is 6'3. 200 pounds. He can fly. He's got 4-3 speed. He's a guy that has balled in this league when he's been healthy. Of course, he's been injured and had some inconsistencies. He's been playing in Jacksonville, people. I think this is a very sneaky signing. If I'm stacking my receivers right now, Chark is kind of that WR1 outside type receiver that I love. Right behind him is Jamison Williams. J-Mo. <laughs> I mean, this guy, I mean, he just gets me excited every time I think about this player. I think about his speed. I mean, it's incredible. Oh, baby! So Jamison Williams, as you could tell by those sound drops, is my guy. I mean, I think he's going to be the WR1 for this football team uh, very soon when he hits the field. And even with my love for DJ Chark, like I could see there being a certain bus factor. I could see there being that one-year rental. But I love this player. I love his youth, all that about DJ Chark. J-Mo there at my WR2. Like St. Brown at three, but that's not based on his talent. That's just because he's more of a slot player. And I do kind of want to see him do it again with these other freak athletes around him. See what his potential is, if he can be that 80 to 100 catch guy, find the end zone, do those type of things. Then you move down to our tight end. You got Mr. Hawkinson. Um, then you go to our offensive line. You got Taylor Decker, Jonah Jackson, Ragnall, Vitae, Penne Sewell over there on the right. Um, then you move to your specialists. I got the specialists right now at Mr. Jack Fox. Uh, just all everything NFL punter. Punters are people too. You also have Daly there, the new long snapper. And I got Patterson right now as my kicker. I liked what he did last year. Um, just seems like a young kid, very consistent. I, I threw him in there. So um, Michael Hara had kind of an interesting thing, too, about the Lions being the youngest team in the league. And he said some of that sort of because they got rid of Don Muehlbach and older kickers and punters. And that's where it was skewing the numbers is you had old guys at those positions. It wasn't that the Lions in the last couple of years have been old at a lot of other spots, but the, that was kind of skewing their thing. So I thought that was interesting. So so those are kind of my offensive main guys, right? Now, when you're looking at the backups, you know, your backup QBs, Blau and Boyle, as I mentioned, the Lions could obviously get better there. It's always, do you want to spend at that position? Or do you want to just say, man, if our quarterback goes down, we're screwed. Obviously, these guys are good guys. They're probably good tape you know, watchers, good, smart guys. But, I mean, come on. You can do better than either of those two. We all know that. Um, you know, when you get to the backup running backs, I got Jamar Jefferson in there as my as my three, basically. Then you got, come on, Craig. Craig Reynolds, you got him there um, coming in at the fourth running back. 
you got to have um, you got to have Cabinda somewhere in there as a running back, fullback, H back type football player. You know, will they have another body somewhere in there? Uh, could be. I think you roll with probably four or five running backs with that fullback mixed in, something in that range. Then you get to the backup receivers, the main ones. I've got Josh Reynolds as that top backup. And then, I mean, a lot of people talking about Cleve Raymond getting cut, but he showed quite a bit last year as kind of a special teams player, uh, returner, as well as guy made some plays, scored some touchdowns. So I kind of have him as that second depth player right now. And then Quintez, you guys heard my rant about him a week or two ago about how much they love, everybody loves Quintez. And it's like, he looks good in the uniform and he's made a couple plays, but I mean, I'm not anointing him as some great NFL player at this point based on what he's done and how he hasn't been healthy. You go to the backup tight ends. I mean, I put the rookie Mitchell right there as the top backup. He sounds like he's going to be healthy, be ready to go. I think his athleticism and um, ability to make ex- sneaky explosive plays puts him there for me. Griffin is the guy they brought in from the Saints who's kind of like a, you know, he's, he's just... That basic football player that Dan Campbell probably likes that's going to do all the dirty work and get everything right. So he'll probably be in the mix. Brock Wright like showed a couple things last year, and he has some sneaky speed, but I can't imagine he makes a big dent on the NFL roster from week to week. So he's kind of my third, if they keep a, a third backup tight end type player there. And then my backup lineman, you know, you got Evan Brown, who showed really well last year, um, taking over for Frank. Um, he can be in the middle or probably play either guard position. I got Nelson sort of as my swing tackle. They seem to like him, and he seems to be able to do decent. But it's not a guy that I want to see out there. So Taylor Decker, how about we keep your finger um, healthy this year or whatever else was ailing you because it's kind of odd how some of these guys sign those big deals where then they start making 10 15 million dollars a year and then then they're out quite a bit whereas before when he's making nothing he seemed to really be in there all the time so funny how that works and then you got Stenberg I threw him on there because you're just hoping he can do something but he's been an absolute trash can since we drafted him where he's never on the roster you never hear anything about him I can't imagine he's a good football player but I thought maybe he can be a, a swing guard or a backup back to the backup uh, on the offensive line there as far as practice squad you know I threw in some of our guys like um, you know Gosh, I don't even want to go through these guys, really. But you got, like, the Igwe Bukes. He might make the practice squad. How about Pimpleton, the kid out of Central Michigan who's been showing some things might be there. I had to throw Trinity Benson on the practice squad because he hadn't done a damn thing, you know. And then you got, like, you know, maybe a backup quarterback on there. I mean, some of these guys are sort of on or off the roster right now, like, you know. Uh, all those tight ends they had, things like that. And then your cuts, you know, you're looking at like Hold, Will Holden, Seibert, you know, Dan Skipper, Tom Kennedy. I mean, come on. I've been saying that for a while. Like, you know, everyone got hype with him when we had no receivers. Now that we have receivers, you know, we can deal with Tom Kennedy because most people, when you hear Tom Kennedy, think this. Who is this Rudy Pooh? Exactly. I'm sure he's a great guy, but uh, so so that's my offense right there is kind of those three tiers: your main guys, your main backups, your tackling dummies, your bowling squad, 
um, your bowling alley workers, you know, that are on there. And that's kind of how I broke down the offense. So let's go ahead and take a quick break, get our great sponsors in here. We'll come back and I want to talk defense. And I'll end this show with some hype, some things to think about as we get rolling into, gosh, end of this week, OTAs, next week, mandatory minicamp, take a little break, and then before you know it, be the end of July, uh, they will be rolling back for training camp, preseason games, and football will be here before you know it. So everybody will take a quick break. We'll be right back. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time, the Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. All right, everybody, this goes out to my fantasy football fans out there. Now, you probably heard about Reality Sports Online, the most powerful fantasy sports platform where owners can build and manage their fantasy team like a real NFL general manager. But the question is, have you tried it? I mean, we're talking free agency, multi-year contracts, rookie drafts, multi-team trades. You could put franchise tags on guys. Uh, it's as close as you're going to get to being an NFL GM. But do you think it sounds complicated? It's not. I'm here to tell you it's the best thing about Reality Sports Online is it's just more fun than your normal fantasy league, but it doesn't take barely any more time. After all this, are you still not sure? I mean, come on now. You can test your general manager skills by going over to Reality Sports Online, call it RSO, Please go check out realitysportsonline.com right now. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Rated PG-13. Detroit Kool-Aid drinkers. Drink it in, man. We're back from the break. Thank you so much for listening to our sponsors. That really helps out the show. Appreciate you guys listening. I, I, I love coming on here and just talking ball, trying to make you guys laugh, have a little bit of fun. Um, I, I do love having our guests on, which we will continue to have. And uh, still lots of exciting things happening with the Lions. So early on the show, I broke down the offensive side of the football. Let's go ahead and move to the defensive side. Let's start with our main guys, the main cats. They're going to help win us ball games here for the Lions. That starts with Romeo Okwara making around $10.3 million. This is a guy that I forget about a lot. I really do. I'm always like naming off the main guys and Romeo Okwara is a guy that I don't ever really focus on as a main player for the Lions, even though he's, um, he's a guy that is paid. He's young. He's been productive. He's like a captain type mentality so you got to put him up there as at a rush player 
You've got Brocker still in the mix at about $8 million, kind of in that interior, defensive end, D-tackle, whatever you want to call him. Levi owns Enrique. You guys know what he is. Big denim. Like, lots of hype about this guy this offseason. He underperformed his rookie year. Looking for big things from Big Denim this year. You got Aleem McNeil right next to him, which has been a lot of talk, too, that he's now going to start to ball out with this more attacking style they're going to. That's a TBD wait and see, if you ask me. That's got to be a new catchphrase here on the show. TBD, if you ask me, wait and see. I mean, that's just... That just came off top of the dome. That's incredible. Um, that's a T-shirt right there. Um, you've got Mr. Hutchinson um, there as an edge player. Everyone's excited about him. Cannot wait. We've got Aiden Hutchinson until 2027, people. Um, that's exciting right there. Can't wait to see what he does. And you got our boy Charles Harris, who is now making around 6.5 mil per. See if he'll be able to get after the quarterback again this year. You've got Julian Okwara. There's a lot of hype about him. This is kind of a make-or-break year for him. Is he going to jump on the scene, and then you're going to probably have to pay the guy, or is he going to show that he's still injured, can't make plays, and not be a guy that's here for long term? I think he's a he's a breakout candidate for me as a guy that could really get after the quarterback and make some game-changing plays this year. Then you move to the linebackers. You've got Anzalone. They brought him back. He's making about 2.25 or so. You've got Derek Barnes. He's still an enigma to me. If you listen to the coaches, they really don't sound that fired up about Derek Barnes, saying, like, it's up to him. He's got to, you know, learn the playbook, this, that, and the other. Whereas, like, every time I hear him, he's so humble, such a beast. I would love to see him on the field a lot this year, but I do have my questions about him. I do have a couple 55 jerseys that I'm ready to rock, but he needs to make some plays um, to justify that. You got our guy, uh, you know, A.O. Oh, baby! <laughs> he made a ton of plays last year, a ton of picks. He's in a contract year, basically. I would think they might get Mr. Hawkinson and uh, A.O. Oh, baby! Signed a longer deals before we really get rolling on this season. I think that would be a smart move. So look for him to possibly get paid. Um, you've got uh, numero uno, Okuda, there wearing that number one. I mean, as the third pick in the draft, guy's making $8.4 million this year, and he's here until 2025 under contract. So a lot of people have written him off as a bust. He really needs to get rolling. Then you got Iffy from last year. We'll see if he's Iffy or if he's... Uh, if he's swifty out there because I think the guy can play, but they're moving him to safety a little bit. And, you know, he's got kind of a different personality. I, I just, I don't know. I don't know where to really put him and I don't know what his ceiling is, but I'm still pretty excited about that player. Uh, you got Tracy on the back end. And then I would expect Deshaun Elliott who came in here at only $1.1 million or so to be the safety next to him in the starting lineup. When you move to those backups or those guys that are going to kind of be both depth players or guys that are rookies or guys that have you haven't shown what they can do yet, you start with Josh Pascal. I'm really excited about this player. He's a very thick player from the bottom half. He can um, rush on the outside. He can rush on the inside. He's smart. He's very humble. He's a great football character type player. 
I really think he will be moving his way into the starting lineup or seeing a ton of snaps on the football field before it's said and done here very shortly. Um, you got James Houston, which I'm very intrigued by as well. He's kind of like an outside backer. It sounds like they're going to keep him off the football. I would really like to see him come game day be hand in the dirt, stand up, rush player. So we'll see what the Lions do with him. I do think he can make some some splashy sacks, tackles for loss this year if they use him. And I could also see him being a guy that we get kind of hype about and he never sees the field um, like we would like. You got John Penasini still around. Is that big, you know, his tackle type? He's in the mix. Jay Sean Cornell is on my backup list right now, but he can easily move his way to my cut list because he just hasn't seen anything. He seems like that big player that the old regime drafted that's had off the field. He's had injuries. I mean, I, yeah, I'm probably just, I'm moving to my cut list right now, to be honest. Um, you got Austin Bryant there who can rush the quarterback, but it might be the last year for him here in a Lions uniform unless he really balls out. Uh, Chris Board at linebacker is a guy that I like. I like his uh, size, his, his fluidity, the way he can move. We'll see where he falls in the linebacker mix. I know there's been an interview recently with Shep, the linebacker's coach, who said, hey, man, look at this room. All these guys are undervalued, but it's going to be a dogfight for playing time, and he's excited about it. So we'll see if that works or if we're looking at it like week five, six, and we're like, Man, we got no legit linebackers, but I'm thinking a couple of these guys will show themselves. Speaking of show themselves, Jared Davis um, back making around a million bucks or so on that very low minimum. Gosh, he went from first round rookie to getting crazy money from the Jets to making no money and being back with the Lions. So can he make plays on the football field will be the biggest question. Uh, Dion Hamilton, Sean Dion Hamilton, great name. The Lions really seem to love this player. He got injured before the season started last year, took away his season. I think he can play too. I I don't think I'm hanging my hat on him, but I do think he may make this roster and be out there more than you would think. Malcolm Rodriguez, the rookie they took, a sixth round, I believe. Lots of buzz about him. This guy's yoked. He's smart. I think AG was the one who said he's probably one of the smarter players he's ever seen at this early in the process. So we'll see if he can translate that to the field. I'm getting real hype about Rodriguez, but I also think we got to temper it because he, again, could be a special team, very spot player this year, but maybe have a bigger role in 2023. You got Josh Woods there at a linebacker who they paid. So I would assume he'll be around at one and a half million bucks. You got Anthony Pittman, who's in the mix as well. He's on that cut line, but I left him on um, for now. It's a lot of linebackers, so I could see, like, Pittman, Woods fighting for his job, you know, Jared Davis, see where he falls, you know, to slim that position down. Um, then you get to kind of the corners. You're looking at uh, Jury, Jury Jacobs there. Um, you know, he's a top backup just because he's hurt, but if Mr. Okuda stumbles and Jury is healthy, um, slide him right into that uh, starting spot where he really played well last year. And you got Mike Hughes, former first round pick. They paid him two and a quarter mil in that range. Um, Hughes, I, I, I like this guy as a player, I think that he's got ability. He seemed like he, he wanted to be here. We'll see if they use him. You know, I had heard some reports he wasn't even with the first couple units in some of these OTAs. So maybe they're making him earn it or maybe he's not picking it up as quick. I don't know. 
but I'm hoping Mike Hughes can show some things here. You got AJ Parker in the mix, more of that slot player that they like. You know, Chase Lucas, the kid they took in the seventh round. I love his mentality and I love what he said, but it's all going to come down to what he does in the field. So could he be a depth corner and kind of a, a special teamer and a good guy in the locker room? Yeah, I think he could. Could kind of be like, hey, usually those seventh rounders are totally washouts. I could see Chase Lucas being better than expected, right? Which would, which would help this football team. Then you move to kind of those backup safeties. I mean, you know, we'll talk about the rookie first. I mean, Kirby. Kirby's at that backup right now, but all everything I hear about him, his his personality, his athleticism, his ability to get the football, I could see him being a starter sooner than later. As much as I like Deshaun Elliott, if Kirby can play, you put him and Tracy back there and let them roll. Tracy making about 8.32, which a uh, million, which, you know, good for him. Like, I'm glad he got paid. He does have to justify that on the field. It's not a horrible amount for a guy with his type of traits and athleticism. I know Chops hates him, but I always like Tracy. He's rocking that 21. It's my favorite number. So you got to like that and hopefully he can play. This guy was a former favorite of mine. Now he's a whipping boy. He could soon be shining shoes at the bowling alley, and that's Will Harris. Will Harris says everything right at the podium. He looks the part. He looks like an athlete. He probably is an athlete. He looks good in the jersey, but he can't make plays. This guy is always behind the football. He can't find the football. <laughs> he's he's always given up scores, first downs, touchdowns, whatever it may be. So I've got him on the roster just because he's not even making a million bucks, and they seem to like him at corner. Now here's something I want to know from the people. <laughs> like, does it does it make any sense to anybody else where it's like, hey man, Will Harris really can't cover. Man, he's really struggling in coverage. Man, Will Harris always gets burnt. Yeah, let's move him to corner. <laughs> like, like, why would we like him better at corner when he couldn't cover a damn worth at, at safety? You know what I mean? Like, I think that worked out for a, ta- a tad last year, but uh, that doesn't seem like a, a good decision. I mean, that, that seems like a bad decision. I mean, that sounds like one of the dumbest decisions maybe the Lions would ever make if they try to get him some legit snaps out there. It's a bad decision, period, point blank. It was a, the, one of the dumbest decisions I ever made. Now, I, I know you guys also want the uh, the people soundbite, so I might as well give it to you because I know that I'm not the only one out there. I know that the people... And the people consist of the millions... <laughs> ...want to see Will Harris gone, too, because he just has not worked out. I can't see him taking this quantum leap. But I left him on the roster for this year, and then we'll we'll move forward after that. You know, I had Bobby Price still kind of in the mix there, see what he can do. He obviously could be a practice squad or cut player. Juju Hughes is a guy they picked up. A lot of people probably don't even know he's on the team. He's a guy that I think uh, had some drafts, um, you know, some ability in the draft, which I liked. He's kind of bounced around the league a little bit. But Juju Hughes could be a backup safety that – you know, could stick. I mean, if anything, it's a, you can make the all name team with the, with the, with that first name, uh, there you've got, uh, you got CJ Moore who they paid. I mean, just based on the 1.75 type million, I feel like they have him penciled in a special teamer and somebody that they want to keep around potentially. And then you got Brady breeze who they brought on, who they seem to like a bit. I mean, again, another practice squad type candidate, I would assume, 
Um, other guys for the practice squad, you know, I had like Banks, another linebacker that went there. Hector, they keep hanging around. He's a big interior lineman. You know, guys like that. And then when you're looking at your cuts, they've already kind of moved on, I think, from Jalen Elliott. Beckett, the other linebacker, they moved on from him. Oh, you got guys like Motley, who I think was a corner, who they moved on from already. Lemonier, um, and and you got um, McKinley, who I believe was a wide receiver, who they recently moved on from. You can move him to the offense side uh, cut list, which I um, could do. So, you know, uh, that's where it stands now. And like I said, looking at that cut list, you're looking at guys like, um, you know, Will Juju Hughes be on that list, possibly Bobby Price. Um, but for the most part, you know, I feel like a lot of those guys I named are going to be there on the defensive side of the football. It is going to come down to those main guys that I talked about, you know, will Aquara come back Romeo that is and make plays and, and, and be a, um, a great rush player early on in the season. I sure hope so. Um, but we don't know at this point. And, you know, will Julian take a step forward? Will Hutch be all as advertised right away? You know, those are the type of things that are going to that and who's going to step up at linebacker because I could easily see um, a lot of hype going into the preseason or oh, watch out for this guy these guys are hungry it's going to be a bloodbath of the position these guys can run and hit and then we're just not up to par because there's a lot of NFL teams that have some stud linebackers and you know I feel like the Lions are taking the approach of hey you know, that position gets a lot of injuries and we don't play them much on the football field, one or two, three at a time at most. So they're probably viewing it that way. But you still got to have guys that can get it done on the field, can cover, can tackle, can blitz, can do the things you need to. So I know like 97 won the ticket with Carson Anderson. I rip on them all the time because every year all they do is want linebackers. Oh, I love this line, but let's get line. Look at this line. It's like. You just like linebackers because you see them all the time in college that can run, hit, tackle, nasty football players. But the NFL these days doesn't value They're becoming running backs, I'm telling you. Linebackers are becoming like running backs where they're fun to watch and they do help your team, but they're not guys you can highly invest in. Or teams are sometimes just saying, we'll just find some guys that can run and hit and tackle that aren't first, second round picks or aren't highly paid football players. And I feel like that's the approach the Lions is t- are taking at that position. Safeties and corners, I mean, even if you have questions, they you have to know those spots are both better and younger and more aggressive and longer and more athletic than they've ever been the last, gosh, 5, 10, 15 years, I would say, since since I've been a Lions fan. So... You know, they still have to gel. They still have to make plays, but there's some some upside there as well. So so when we look at those both sides of the football, just looking at this roster eval to me, you know, what are the draft picks going to do year one? Um, you know, a lot of times, especially here in late May, early June, even into July, I mean, that's all the buzz is the rookies because they all look great on paper. Everyone loves their draft. You know, everything looks good rolling into the year, but you know, as much as I love draft picks and I love potential, um, 
you know, you need to see production. You need to see guys go out and do it. You need to temper expectations on some of these rookies because just because a guy doesn't come out and ball crazy right away, it doesn't mean he's not a good football player. It doesn't mean that he's um, not going to blossom into exactly what you thought he was. It might just take a little bit longer. And some of these guys that are the cream of the crop and are great ball players, they walk right from college to the pros and they start and they make plays and they get a second con, you know, like everything goes well for them. And that's the more of those guys you can find and get it, the better. But um, if a guy takes into year two or year three, even, and then he becomes the guy you thought he was great, you know, let's roll from there. So a little bit of patience, tempered expectations, but yeah, that's going to be important on how those first couple guys between Hutch and JMO and Pascal and Kirby, like those are going to be the main four that you got to watch for. They're hopefully going to um, help this football team. The year two guys that you're hoping for, I mean, gosh, you just look at it like Big Denim's got to step up, Aleem's got to step up. You know, you need a, a year three guy like Julian to, to ball out. I mean, DeAndre Swift, the ceiling is still the uh, the roof, isn't that what Jordan said? The ceiling is the roof. <laughs> <laughs> which made no sense, which is so funny, but uh, it's just a classic soundbite. So whatever MJ meant by that, I mean, I'm a Jordan guy, so I'm just going to go with it, but it is funny. Um, so all those year two, year three guys can can still really keep, keep progressing and be better. Um, when you look at the roster as a whole, it comes down to this, quarterback. Jared Goff better do half as good as Chop says he's going to do. He better do a third of good as 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 the tweets I see coming out from at Chops in the D about number 16. Um, I think he can be serviceable. I think if he protects the football and finds the open guy and throws a few spirals, he could be better than advertised. But I need to see it. You know, I need to see him put up 350 and three TDs early in the season for me to get real hype about it. Um, you know, pass rush, you have to be able to get after the quarterback. So if that's Hutch, if that's Harris, if that's Oquara, if that's Oquara, if that's some of our linebackers like Houston, um, if that's some of our interior players like like uh, Aleem and Big Denim, you know, that's going to have to come and it's going to have to come quickly because, um, you know, even a guy like Pascal is going to have to help that out early because, they just have not been able to get the push, the disruption that you need, and that's really what helps you win games. You also need explosive plays at wide receiver, running back, and tight end. And when I say explosive plays, like, yes, we all think that Jameson Williams can be that very special talent that we haven't had here. And I'm not going to do a Calvin rant. I've done many of those over the years. What I am going to say is that in my lifetime as a Lions fan, we haven't had a player with the speed, the skill, the shiftiness, the run-away-from-you ability um, that J-Mo has. You know, I think he is that special. I do think that he's the type of guy that, yeah, you might not feed him the football 8 to 12 times a game, but anytime he touches it, he can put 7 up for you. And the Lions... Have not had that type of electric player. Even Calvin was more of a volume player. Was more of a go up and get it. 
Jameson Williams is like if you take one false step, he's he's by you and the safety, and it's and you get him the football, it's a touchdown. Um, DeAndre Swift needs to show that this year. That yeah, he can be shifty and he can jump over people, but how about one swizzle just breaks your ankles and then houses one for 30 yards, 40 yards? Um, you know we need to see some of that game breaking ability a little bit more. And from Mr. TJ. You know, uh, I said it multiple times, but can you stretch the seam? Can you make plays? Can you get into that double-digit touchdowns? I mean, I'm losing faith a little bit that he has that type of um, big-time upside, but the Lions need to use him as such, and they need to put him in those positions, and he needs to excel in those positions to be a top-flight tight end. We can't have an eight-yard catch and you fall down. I can't have a... Uh, crossing route where you could catch it and run for 30 and instead you fumble your feet and you you dive you know two yards short of the sticks he's got to be more explosive so between Hawk Swift J-Mo and some of the other receivers like Chark and Amon Ra like just got to be more explosive it also comes down to tackling lines need to be more consistent more um, accountable when it comes to tackling being in the right position and the big one that I always harp on, and I'm going to do it again because I do think it wins you football games, turnovers. Yeah, you got to get after the quarterback, but you know what's better than getting after the quarterback? Getting after the quarterback and taking the ball away. Whether that's a strip sack, whether that's a tip pass that turns into an interception, whether that's a guy jumping the route rather than playing three yards behind his man all the time and getting a pick and maybe taking it to the house. Those are the type of things that win ball games week in, week out in the National Football League, and the Lions have to be much better in that area this year and moving forward to be a consistent winner. And it also comes down to health. They always seem to be injured. They always seem to be one of the most injured. You have to stay on the field. And I'm talking about your team overall, but I'm talking about your top guys. We need Hutch out there. We need JMO to get back on the field. We need Swift out there. We need Mr. Hockett to play the full season. We need our defenders like Okuda and AO and Tracy to be leaders back there. We need linebackers to stay on the field so we're not playing with two to three backups for a whole season. That's going to be very important as well. So, you know, if you can have good quarterback play, rush the passer, get some explosive plays, tackle your ass off, uh, turn the football over, and stay healthy, you can be a a very exciting team here in Detroit. This team could sneak up on people. This team could get to the playoffs. This team could possibly win a playoff game or more. They're saying Super Bowl, why not us? Why not them? So the Lions have a great chance to take a big leap forward this year, and they need to take a big step forward this year. No excuses. Take all this media hype. Take all these young football players. Go out and do it. And Detroit will love this team this year and for years to come. So, everybody, let's go. I'm excited. I'm really excited about this team. That's my overall roster evaluation, broad strokes, position by position, player by player, top to bottom. Of course, we missed some of those uh, deep backups, but we also are going to focus on the main thing is the main thing, and that's let's have our real players ball out, and let's go win some ball games and have a fun season this year. So, everybody, I'll catch you next week right here on the Detroit Kool-Aid cast. Take care, everybody. I'm out.
get in. 